And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. It's the holiday season. I don't know the rest of the words. How do you feel about Christmas music, Doc Manson at Doc Manson? I, uh, I love Christmas music at DC Matthews, NAI. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. No, I mean, it has its, you know, time and its place, um... Well, okay, let's 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 start there then. Uh when is the time? If you were put in charge of the world, when would Christmas music be allowed to start being played in stores, on TV, and all of that? Like when um, should Christmas start? I think after Thanksgiving is probably appropriate. What you drinking there? Um Consolation Prize, a double India pale ale from Lord Hobo Brewing Company. Lord Hobo Brewing Company Consolation Prize. I've heard of none of those things. One of these days I'm going to have to get you to explain beer to me because as someone who doesn't drink beer, like I understand in theory the difference between a pale ale and, you know, a Guinness. But I'm sure there is quite a spectrum between those two things. But I don't know what it is. Do you know what kind of beer a Guinness is? Uh, a stout. There you go. Hey! All right. Well, that's pretty good. Well, there you go. So I've I've been out with you and GQ on one or two occasions when you've done the whole, like, we went to some place in a capital city that shall remain nameless, and... Uh, you, I think you got like the tasting, so there were like six different kinds and a flight. Yeah, yeah. I sat there fascinated with my diet coke and and your giant pretzel. Oh, that was a good pretzel. <laughs> that was a good pretzel. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll agree with you on the Thanksgiving post Thanksgiving. Uh, but do you have a favorite Christmas tune? Um, do I have a favorite Christmas tune? It might be. Uh, I like "Let It Snow." I like "Winter Wonderland." I like "Jingle Bell Rock." Um, yeah, those are all good ones. Do you have a favorite? Well, I'm partial to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, but that might be cheating because that's not like your traditional Christmas song. That's one hundred percent cheating. Well. If you've watched DC play Skyrim, you're aware I'm okay with 100% cheating. <clears throat> so, which sounds mm. bad. Wait, let me addend that. That sounds bad. Care but to say anything to Mrs. Matthews about that? When it comes to video games uh, uh, and uh, Christmas uh, yeah. songs. Otherwise, I am, I, am, I am sitting firmly on the futon of faithfulness, sir. I am sitting firmly on the futon of faithfulness. Um... As for, as for regular ones, like, uh, oh, what's the one? Baby, it's cold outside. Which, if you listen to the lyrics, it's terrible. Oh, I hate that song. I like that song. But no, that song. Lyrics, it's it's, it's, just... it's it's a rapist, is what that song is about. <laughs> it's about a guy who is, you know, forcing this poor woman to stay with him after she repeatedly tells him, "No, no, I have to get home," and he's just forcing himself upon her. Well, but not necessarily it. literally physically, but he totally is like not taking the hint. Like he's just like completely like just like trying to force her to stay. Like it's an awful, terrible song. But the melody's nice. I don't often listen to the lyrics. I've had this conversation with Mrs. Matthews before because she, after listening to a song once or twice, will know a good portion of the lyrics. And there are some songs that I've heard a hundred times and I still can't t- tell you what they say because I'm more focused on the music. Tense why I go for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and their kind of instrumental stuff. But, yeah, it's I, like I said, the message is bad, but I kind of just, you know, 
It's like the kind of music you want to just... I don't know. Anyways. Uh, Happy holidays to everyone out there in the neighborhood. Um, It is just a few days before Christmas. Do you think you will get everything on your list? Not a chance. Uh, what do you do? You still get big gifts? We're we're at the point where we're kind of beyond the big gift. Uh, we got a big gift this year. This house, yeah, Manson <laughs> Manor. That's our gift. But was it a gift? Year. Like you, or did you give it to yourself? Uh, yeah, but like you know, I'm not exactly looking to get a big giant gift for the misses, nor. She won for me. Not to no, say we I mean, you know. won't exchange gifts. We will, but we're just not doing anything. Can you tell? Uh, can you tell major. us what did you get, Mrs. Manson? Although she listens to the show, so you might want to wait. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't tell you that because next week I can tell you, but this right. week it's a spoiler. So. Well, stay tuned. Stay tuned, folks. We're foreshadowing. We're we're giving you a sneak peek. It's uh, for next week's thrilling episode. Um, I'm guessing that we never come back to this topic. I'm not going to make a note of it or anything, but we'll, well that's see. My point. We're going to talk about the holiday. Maybe I'll remember. Yeah, maybe you'll maybe. remember. I, I doubt it. Maybe we'll be reminded by one of our fans who will email us at ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Not that anyone nah. did this week, but that's okay. We're not bitter. It's a busy time of year. We'll forgive you this one time for having absolutely zero emails. But you probably have partaken in the DDT poll, so I want to take a minute of Doc Manson's time and talk to you about the DDT poll. I hope you all go follow at the DDT poll, and there are questions about Raw and SmackDown and NXT. There will be WWE questions posted tomorrow. Uh, take a few minutes and share your thoughts. Uh, Doc Manson came up with a great tagline, your vote, your voice. I love it. Copyright to 2016, uh, Doc Manson and DDT Wrestling. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've been having a good time. It took me two and a half hours, I think, yesterday to kind of start tabulating the data from the SmackDown questions. So, you know, it is, it's it's an interesting thing. If you tune into A Private Earful this week, our NII Network exclusive show, uh, I am going to force Doc Manson to take the NXT portion uh, and perhaps even the Lucha Underground portion, since it is the Wednesday night wrap-up show. Uh, but I'm excited about that as well. And at some point, Doc Manson at Doc Manson, you and I need to schedule uh, our DDT award show. That's very true. Well, um, I should probably start coming up with categories. I think it's better if we don't and just... This year, we just don't have the award show. We call it the DDT award show, but we just sit and talk about like anything else. I or we just, disagree. Or we just eat chicken wings or Chinese food on the air for two hours. I mean, I think we should do that also. Okay. At well, the same time. All right. Um, I was thinking, though, one thing about this DDT poll um, business. Th- this, this is, is this... taking the place... Of the NAI 150, is that correct? Yes. So in case you have not heard uh, the Pontificast, and... Which, of course, I haven't. I'm slightly worried that I've stopped recording because, once again, my computer has kind of frozen. Let me see. Nope, I can't move the mouse at all. I'll just keep talking, but it's entirely possible that the whole thing is frozen and we're going to need to take, like, ten-minute break while... I get this to work. But on the off chance that it perks up and has still recorded all of this, um, I'll tell you the story of the NAI 150. <laughs> Are you sure uh, you want to tell uh, me it, this? It literally just popped back up. So I'm, um, at, eight, I'm at 847. Are you anywhere near 847, 848, 850? I'm at 852. All right. Well, Four. No, 55. yeah. Okay. Then we're exactly where we need to be. It's just occasionally my computer will take a minute and just not respond. Um the NAI 150 was last year. Uh, Jason Maltov at New Age Insiders. Uh, you know, we were hoping it would be a whole team effort with the NAI network, but everyone's got their own year-end awards to do. Plus, everyone's got their own lives to do. Um, and so, since but like this, this is, really isn't an awards thing, is it? No, but at the same time, I mean, I guess it is. It's like it's like the popular vote, right? Yes. Yes. We are the electoral college, I suppose, and the neighborhood is the popular vote. However, you decide. I don't know. So, just just you don't have any idea how the system works, do you? I'm going to ask you later how to burn a CD because I need to do that for Christmas, and I'm not really sure. I think I could figure it out, but I don't like know. 
Um, Man, that's a thing I haven't done in like. Well, that's part of the problem too. A is that decade? I haven't done it in a long time. But I think I'll be able to figure it out. But that's kind of what we're dealing with here. Um, but yeah, so you know, we decided since this is my own, as I called it, on the Pontificast, which you can find on your DDT Wrestling feed. It was recorded on Monday. This is my own crazy, crazy cat lady project. We decided to turn it into the DDT poll because we're asking the questions, or more, I'm asking the questions. Uh, it's not necessarily a part and property of the New Age Insiders. So, you know, it is the same thing. There are going to be more than 150 questions because I'm insane. Um, yep. And we didn't give it a number because every time something new happens, like the United Kingdom Championship, all of a sudden I come up with new questions. So. And this might be something that exists for longer than just this year. Like, you know, there will be times where we want to know things. People want to get their voices heard. So perhaps this will exist beyond, uh, you know, beyond this year and this year's version of the year-end questionnaire. But, uh, you know, I've appreciated your help. You've been, you know, promoting it a little bit and answering some of the questions. You did. You honestly did. I didn't expect you to answer any of the questions, so the fact that you answered, like, three made my day. So. Ah, yeah. Um, roadblock. End of the line. You what, watched what? it with GQ. How oh, is, yeah. How is uh, my former friend, who is now your friend, you have stolen him from me, as I knew you would. Um, well, he came uh, with gifts for the season, I suppose. The is that where you got the hobo thing? Indeed. Uh, Why is the me... can so big? Is it just a big can? Yeah, it's like, a 16-ounce a... right. can. All right, because um, it's not it's, a 12-ounce can. No, I mean, it's becoming the thing with IPAs right now. They, For some reason, they're all coming in 16-ounce cans, and they are typically sold in four-packs instead of your typical 12-ounce six-pack. I, I don't really know. It's just it's a popular thing right now. Hold and on, it I'm kinda, doing math. It, I think it's kind of crazy because... A lot of these IPAs, like this one in particular here, is a nine and a half percent alcohol by volume. That's I mean for a beer, that's fairly high. And then for you to also give me half again, you know, the amount of liquid. Well, I guess it's not half, but I don't know. Yeah, not not quite. But but you know, I mean, it's just I don't need more beer, especially when it's going to be a higher alcohol percentage. Um, I definitely don't need more. But, but isn't, this, isn't this their way of just saving? Because I did the math in my head. They're saving 8 ounces. Because 12 times 6 is 72. 16 times 4 is only 64. That's 8 ounces of beer you're not getting. And not only that, but they're also charging you a hell of a lot more money. Um, it's a thing right now. It's not uncommon to find these four packs going for you know, $14 or more. Hmm. Yeah. What does the I stand for? In IPA. I'm assuming PA is pale ale. What is the I? India. Okay. Or Indian, depending on, I guess, who you are. But uh, All right. Well, I learned something today. I will learn how to burn a CD, and I learned what IPA stood for. It's been a good day. Um, so GQ was there. He came bearing gifts. Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, was our good friend Rachel and boyfriend there? Did they attend? I know they were over baking gingerbread houses at one point. No, so they to... came over on Friday. All right. Um, but they were not over for the uh, the live so did, wrestling event. What did you and Mrs. Manson and GQ think of Roadblock End of the Line? Well, I'm trying to remember anything that happened on that show. Um, let me I think. Can, let me I can think. walk you through it if you want. Uh, Shh. Uh, you might as well, because the only thing I can really remember is Charlotte uh, winning, of course. All right, let's let's breeze through. Let's breeze through. Uh, new tag team champions in Sheamus and Cesaro. Oh yeah, you know that was I think a little sooner than we thought, but exactly what we'd hoped for. So you know that was good. I I found myself being slightly disappointed, but very excited all at the same time. Right. Um, you know, uh, the new tag team belts. We got new tag team titles on Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're better than the Copper Pennies. So that is all I care about. Is they're kind they of the better. exact same thing, though. Except now they're shiny silver. Silver, greater than sign, copper. 
the, the you know, and I think this is just what we're getting. There's going to come a time where that world title on SmackDown becomes blue. You, we know it to be true. It is Probably. only that before it'll look exactly like the universal title, only blue. I hope not. I hope not either, but or as well, but I fear that will be the case. All right, so new tag team champions. Um, I'm going out of order here, but I'm just going to go. The return of a cruiserweight. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was my literally one of my favorite moments of the entire show. Was, yeah, Neville is fantastic. Man. He looks like a troll hobbit golem creature. Like, he's got this, like, angry, leering face now. Do you remember his heel work in NXT with Sami Zayn? It was excellent, but this is even more. This is more heelish. Yeah. No, it's great. No, I don't, is, I don't think... I don't know if it's more heelish. It's, it's definitely more oh, it emotional. Is. He was he not... Was super, he, no, he was extremely heel-ish with Sami Zayn as well. Well, he, but he was cocky heelish. This isn't cocky heelish. This is bitter and vengeful heelish, <laughs> which I suppose I consider to be more heelish, but probably that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, okay. So, they, um, but that was great. Uh, Charlotte did retain, or regain. She is regain. now a four-time champion. Uh, but did I don't you see know if... the stat? What was that? There I'm was always... a stat going around where if Ric Flair had maintained the pace of title accumulations uh, throughout his career wrestling that Charlotte has over the course of the past year, do you have any idea how many times Ric Flair would have been uh, world champion? 125 would be... I believe the number... I could be wrong, but I believe the number was 209. (laughs) That's Jerry Lawler territory. Jerry Lawler in Memphis won, like, titles in the Memphis area. He's, like, a 154-time champion, uh, if you add up all of his, like, local titles and things. Uh, That's a ridiculous stat. What did you think of the whole Sasha Banks tapping out Two, with two seconds left. I didn't mind it. I could justify it in my head, but I am in the minority. A lot of people thought it was just dumb. I was, you can ask GQ, I was screaming in my living room, why wouldn't you hold out for two more seconds? Why? why how, I, eh, I understand. Eh, I do understand. Meh, 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 meh. And I think part of that is just your utter disdain for Sasha Banks. Like, literally, it's, it's, you know. I like Sasha Banks. Do you I really? Do. Yeah. She's a good performer. I like her very much uh, more as a heel, very much more, thank you, uh, as a heel than I do a face, but I like her as a performer. I just wish that her character wasn't, so like, <laughs> the biggest idiot in the world. I mean, tapping out at two seconds when you've got this thing one is just, like, how dumb are you? Like, I can understand maybe, okay, you're overcome with pain, but... I, that's I that's, the, that's the rationalization that I gave on the Pontificast, and I really will stop talking about that, was that the figure eight is supposed to be a game over. You cannot take that move for two seconds. But so I feel if, like she was already in it for a grand total of 8,000 seconds. She was in the figure four. I'm talking about the difference between when yeah, she does the bridge well. and... But again, that is me adding my own bit of storytelling to the... And had they pushed it that way, had they explained it that way, maybe it would have made sense. But um, I didn't like it. I thought it was a bad move. And, you know, if Sasha Banks ever challenges anybody to an Iron Man match again, just take her out back behind the shed and, you know, go oh, you know we're yell gonna get, her cause... You know we're going to get Sasha Bailey Iron Woman 2. It's going <sighs> to happen. Well, hopefully, you know, it's not Sasha's idea again. Because, again, she just has zero credibility at this point. I mean, yeah, you, you, you gave me a good explanation in terms of she wants to make history more than anything else. But she just constantly makes decisions, acts in ways that are just completely mind-boggling to me. It's it, it's a pattern of behavior, which is what bothers me about it. Fair it's enough. It's a pattern of behavior. Do you think she will have that with Nia Jax heading forward? This is the new feud, Sasha Nia. Who cares? I just thought. 
How I do mean, you feel about Charlotte Bailey? Fine, I guess. But I really wish they'd been spending this time building Bailey as some sort of credible alternative in this division instead of just ignoring her for the past six months. But, but you know, whatever. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Um, Raleigh I mean, Jericho was... Just think about this. Think about okay, this for a second. I'm thinking about it. And again, this is a little bit of a spoiler maybe, but we had a good episode of SmackDown this week. We had They a, have we had a very good episode. I we will have, talk about that more later. We have a situation where on the blue brand, let's face it, man, uh Carmella and Natalia are and, and for that matter Nikki Bella, I suppose, are all not involved in the title picture in the women's division and yet have had more to do are more over and are actually relevant to the show all three of them in a way that Bailey is not correct there is no denying that anyways that was okay that was the extent of your that that that's it no that's yeah it. And and we'll talk about it when we get to talking about SmackDown. But you know, my favorite woman's wrestler right now is La Luchadora. She was great. Mrs. Uh, Manson took one look at her and said, "Oh, of course they put her in that stupid getup. It looks ridiculous. Like, this is just what is this? Is this is this a is this a, some sort of commentary on Lucha Underground?" And I was like, "No, you don't understand." Um, one, they've covered her entire body. Two, they've covered her entire hair. And three, you can see the ridiculous eyelashes from here. Uh, it's Becky Lynch. Like, that is Becky Lynch. This mm-hmm. is stupid if Alexa Bliss can't realize that that is Becky Lynch underneath that mask. And not to mention the fact that they've been foreshadowing it. In the in, they foreshadowed it in the previous segment when she was like, "Oh, well, and I face that nobody," and it's just like, "Okay, so clearly you're facing somebody." And you just like, you know what I mean? Like it was just all right there and so plain as day. I was just like, mm-hmm. "This is dumb." Now, had that I enjoyed the I enjoyed the silliness of it. It is a little bit of wrestle silly that I enjoyed. However, I did think, how great would it be? If that was Mickey James, I know she's not supposed to start in January, but and, and and it would have been a better story if Alexa was like, "Oh, it's Becky! Come on, it's Becky! It's before Becky. I saw the eyelashes, I thought it had there was a good chance it might be Mickey James, but that that would have been. But at the same time, just it was so silly and dumb. But I got a you know what out I of it. you know what I hate the most about it was Moro Ronaldo on commentary trying to get over the fact that La Luchadora is some sort of world-renowned talent. And may, honestly, I know it doesn't sound like much, but that actually really, to me, harms Maro's credibility as this knowledgeable announcer character that he plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're convincing me of this person who doesn't exist. You should know they don't exist. I know they don't exist. Why don't you know they don't exist? It makes I, his character seem foolish, and I don't care for that at all. I will say this. I know it's trying to get over a story, but... I, I like Mauro Ronaldo. I liked Mauro Ronaldo in the Cruiserweight Classic. I like Mauro Ronaldo at 205 Live. I am not a fan of Mauro Ronaldo on SmackDown. Well, what you're not a fan of is the four-man announce booth. I don't even mind the four-man announce booth because they have Tom Phillips there to kind of be Michael Cole in training. But uh, Moro Ronaldo is sounding like Michael Cole. Like, or he sounds like he's in on, you know, he's in on the joke. Like, he and Daniel Bryan have this, you know, well, we're going to get one over on Alexa Bliss, but you don't tell me that. I, I it sounds like he's trying to be something that he is not and I I'm not wild about it. Um yeah, that's that's exactly the point I'm trying to make. Uh before I forget, Mrs. Manson, I am now speaking directly to you because I know you listen to this show from time to time. Every um, week. Please tweet me at DC Matthews NAI and tell the neighborhood how you feel about your husband's 
interpretation of your voice. Uh, do, do you? Th- I just want to know. I we just... have, in fact, talked about this before. She doesn't care. Oh, she's right there. She's yeah. right there. Just get she's her to right do there. it now. What? All right. Ask her. I want to hear her explain it. All right. Um, you have to talk into the microphone. You're going to have to get closer. Um, he wants to know what your impression is of my rendition of your voice. <laughs> It doesn't sound anything like me. That's okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. He's, he's making fun of me, but in a good way, with love and understanding. Now ask her about La Luchadora. Cause I what did you hear think about La Luchadora on SmackDown this week? They made her look really stupid, and I thought it was an insult to Luchadoras everywhere. She didn't look like Sexy Star, that's for sure. She did not look like Sexy Star. That is correct. Yeah. All right. Happy holidays, Mrs. Manson. Happy holidays. Thank you. What you what she bring you? Oh. Meatball Hot grinder. Dog? Meatball grinder. Homemade? Yeah. Crockpot meatballs? Or she mm. just make them? Baked. All right. I appreciate, you know, we are recording a double episode, so I appreciate the fact that she was willing to surrender you as soon as you got home so that we could get She's all She's very this understanding of this whole podcasting endeavor. I'm very glad to hear it. I'm very glad to hear it. Mrs. Matthews is as well. So, um, let's see. We didn't see Triple H. No. Uh, I no longer care about that feud. Which one? Seth Rollins and Triple H. When it starts, I won't be as excited because it's taken Why? so long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. They, they've, they've squandered all... I mean, don't get me wrong. It can still be a great feud. Oh, like the match will be good. And I'm sure when he comes out at the Royal Rumble or when he comes out, whenever it's going to happen, it'll be fine. But it, again, we've we've had this conversation, and I don't want to have it again. But this whole spinning the wheels kind of thing while we wait for WrestleMania, uh, you know, I'm just like, you could have done something. You could have done something. To I kind never, of give us- I never ever feel as though Lucha Underground is spinning its wheels. It's always doing something different and crazy and stupid, but it's always doing something. Well, I think part of that is the fact that they don't. They have one. They have Ultima Lucha, which is their big season finale. That is their WrestleMania. But they don't have these fence post shows besides maybe like Aztec Warfare. And that's not at a specific time every year. They just randomly do that. Right. So I think they don't have to worry about, you know, making sure we get ready for this big show or this big show. Every week feels like at least from talking to you and other people in the neighborhood, every week feels like it's a big show. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, I wonder if in the future, because I'm still not sure, you know, whether or not pay-per-views are still a thing if Raw or SmackDown were to ever move exclusively to WWE Network, if that would change if all of a sudden we're just, you know, WWE doesn't need to tell these sort of stories every six or four to six weeks, they just get to actually write good storylines. I mean, I will say it's a very different thing. And I, I don't mean that, you know, in, in a cheap way. Oh, writing good stories, that's different for the WWE. No, I don't mean it in that way. But what I mean is, it's a very different thing, writing um, this episodic television that they're, you know, these little four-week storylines building towards an event, like you're saying, versus... A legit sort of just long-term sort of uh, overarching story. It, it, it's it's a different skill, and they've been spending so long building towards these smaller events. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of turnover in writers. I guess you just hire some new writers, and maybe you can do anything. But it, it, it's definitely a skill, I think, and I don't know if they've developed it. Do you feel like SmackDown Live is doing their creative storytelling in more of a Lucha Underground kind of model. I don't feel like they're spinning their wheels. They, we spun our wheels a little bit with the James Ellsworth thing, I suppose. But, you know... Not if really. You think, 
if you think about all of the stuff that's been going on with The Miz and, you know, from Daniel Bryan to, Zol- to Dolph Ziggler to now Dean Ambrose, he's wrestling everybody with a D in their name. Um, he just loves the D. What? The Miz. D. What does D stand for? In this case, Dean. Okay. Oh, yeah, then I guess I suppose. Miz really does love the D. You're right, Doc Manson. Yeah. And he loves you, too. Yeah. Um, I love the Miz, too. But, you know, it just feels like... And, and let's just talk about it now, since we're kind of bouncing back and forth between the shows. Uh, I watched Raw. I watched SmackDown. And this was the... You know, SmackDown was a very good show from start to finish. Everything... There was only... I only have one major question which is bothering me. Maybe okay. you have the answer. Yep, I do. Why yep. in the world okay. is next week's show called the Wild Card Finals? Oh, no idea. We're going to okay. find out next week. But We can't find out next week. That's the finals. Or do they mean finals like finals of a tournament? Do they mean finals like final exam? Is it final because it's the final SmackDown of 2016? Like, how are they using the word? Are you sure they call it the wild card finals? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know then. I'll, I, I yeah, I don't really it's, it's just that. like I'm like are they in Vegas? Like even if they were if they were going to be in Las Vegas or Atlantic City, I'd be like, "Okay. Uh it still doesn't make a lot of sense, but at least it's I, I don't understand and it's bothering me." But um but you know what I think is funny. You What's you that? say well, I mean, you haven't said anything about Raw yet. What did you think about Raw this week? I enjoyed that they the women's division is heading in a new direction. Um, I thought Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens did well. I have a problem with that storyline, but it's more of a problem with Roadblock than, you know, I thought the Shark Cage thing was funny. I did not expect Mick Foley to be able to jump as high as he did. And then he climbed the turnbuckle, and it was just, you know... Obviously, this whole DDPT, DDP yoga thing is working for him, despite yeah. the fact that he can't remember where he is. I um, I watched Raw this week, the first time in a few weeks now, and the show was pretty good, I thought. Pretty good. Um... The opening segment was funny, but way too long. And Mick Foley, man. Mick Foley. I love Mick Foley. I love Mick Foley. I do. I re- I swear I do. But um, I spent so much time just sort of going, <sighs> when he's on my television screen these days, that I just, I don't even know what to think anymore. I, I think they need to wrap up this particular general manager storyline and let the man go home. Yeah. Like, he looks great. He physically looks great. But there's obviously some sort of... He is not meant for live TV. You know, if you want to keep him around, do a trade, trade him for William Regal, send Mick Foley to NXT, and let him do the taped GM role, and let William Regal come to Raw and be the live general manager where I think he might have a better time. Because it's like on a weekly basis, Mick does something wrong, and thankfully he's around such... Like, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho saved him by... Like, they immediately just fixed it and it was fine and credit to them but it's getting real bad it's getting yeah. real bad for for the micker and uh as a fan of his you know I, I would like that to uh to not be the last thing we remember him as is this borderline senile old man who does not know what city he is in i also don't like the way he dresses well yeah I vomited but, in my mouth this past Monday. But to be fair, he's never been a snazzy dresser. That was the entire purpose of the mankind, you know, even Cactus Like, none of his characters have been snazzy dressers. Like, it's true, but at this point, 
He doesn't dress like a human being anymore. <laughs> what was it was like a holiday thing, but it was over like those sleeve those tattoo sleeves, so he was like a holiday biker. I I don't even know. Um, so l- let me tell you about the the problem I had. I, I feel like WWE and the Raw brand specifically has now ruined any potential breakup of Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. You Why? teased it. They teased it. They teased it. They teased it. They were, you know, they were not friends anymore. They were fighting. They were fighting. And now all of a sudden... It, you know, at Roadblock, when Jericho interfered to help Owens retain, I was like, great. He and he helped Owens retain, but he attacked him. Like, he hit right. him with the code breaker. So I was like, Jericho comes out on Raw and says, yeah, I helped you out, but it's because I'm going to be the one to take the belt off you, not Roman Reigns. And now you've got Chris Jericho in the title picture, which I don't think anyone would have a problem with. And, you know, but the fact that they're now back to being best friends again after so many weeks of this, you know, kind of questionable stuff, unless the breakup happens real fast, how do they do this again? Like, you know, and maybe that's it. Maybe they don't break up. Maybe maybe they stay friends. And I don't have a problem with that if that's the way they want to go. But it's it just seemed a little odd to me. Yeah, it seems to me that they've reached that apex point. Um, they waited for it to pass, and now we're all downhill again on this whole Jericho thing. Um, to your point, I don't know how they break them up now in a way that could have that could be any more relevant than it was the setup leading into Roadblock. You know what I mean? Um, I guess this just means, like you said, they stay friends, or I guess we're not going to get Jericho versus Kevin Owens, as we kind of have assumed we're building towards. Mm-hmm. At this point, um, I kind of hope we don't get it anymore. I don't know what I want instead, but I think they've sort of missed the window. Unless Kevin Owens is the one to attack Jericho. You know what I mean? Like, if if Owens were to just snap and just destroy Jericho, Jericho goes away for a while and then comes back, I guess that could work. But, and and again, I enjoy them together. The fact that they were back to being best friends and then they did the whole shark cage thing was entertaining. Uh, I didn't need another shark cage match. I really wished, and I uh, tons of people did on Twitter as well, but I really wished that Jericho would have been up there for longer with the microphone. And it was just Monday Night Raw happened, and the entire time Jericho is hanging from the ceiling, yelling or making comments about what's going on. It would have been great, but they don't do that kind of fun stuff anymore. They just I don't. suppose. I suppose, I suppose. How about Although, Big Cass versus Rusev, huh? I I am beginning to think that 2017... Is the like I think Big Cass might be going solo sooner rather than later, and Enzo Amore will either become a manager or a cruiserweight. But it seems to me that Rusev is no longer considered um, valuable. I I WWE Rusev and Bray Wyatt have very similar kind of trajectories, and it's not just because both of them had a run-in with John Cena a few years ago. Um, But it's that sort of thing. Like, it seems like they are capable guys. You know, I'm hoping they're using Rusev to try to help get Big Cass and, by proxy, Enzo Amore over. But now, are you going to tell me that we're going to get a Rusev and Jinder Mahal tag team? Like, is that what I saw at the end of sensitivity training? Maybe. Yeah. Raw was fine. Yeah, but I mean, but, uh, yeah. But there were there were parts of it like the whole set. And I'm again, it's Russell Silly and Bo Dallas is there. And still I was like cuz 
it felt like we were going back to comedy goofy bow and not serious I speak in poetry but I'm more aggressive bow and I liked that guy better so mm, mm. I don't know mm. I don't know I don't know I don't know um but uh how do you feel about Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns one more time I don't need to see it but you're going to. But that means Roman Reigns is not in the Royal Rumble. Does it? More than likely. Like, they have plenty of people. Yeah, they do. But, you know, they've totally done that before, had people in those matches then be in the Rumble, so... I'm going to say that, no, he's not in the Rumble. He might appear, you know, to help Seth Rollins or something, but no... He might appear um, oh. to eliminate Daniel Bryan or something, but... That was Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt eliminated Daniel Bryan. Oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, and, they, and they did it super early so that Roman Reigns wouldn't be anywhere near Daniel Bryan, actually. That yeah. was a crazy Royal Rumble. Yes, it was. That was a crazy Royal Rumble. Um, are you excited for the Rumble? I know we haven't gotten to the point where they're having like qualifying matches, and I still think the only two announced superstars are Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, but... Royal Rumble is one of my favorite matches of the year, so... It can be, but I've sort of felt like... I used to like it because you'd have random returns or fun, you know, uh, one-offs. I feel like the last year's Rumble was less fun. I don't remember... I'd have to look and see. Last year's Rumble is the AJ Styles story. That's... That's all that is. Is that's all anyone seems to remember? Yeah. Um, did Bubba Ray Dudley come back? I don't know. Like I don't remember Maybe? when the Dudleys came back. Now I'm looking. Royal Rumble yeah. 2016. And I don't even know if I'm really thinking about last year's Rumble, the one before that. But I just feel like the Rumble has been less fun within recent memory. Uh, certainly, well, AJ see. Styles debuting was a big deal. That was. So maybe I'm not thinking of last year. Oh, yeah. Well, no, but but I'm looking and let's see, Tyler Breeze, Curtis Axel, Jericho, Kane, Goldust, Ryback, Ryback, Kofi like Kingston, Titus O'Neil, Titus R-Truth, Luke Harper, Stardust, Big Show, Neville, Braun Strowman. No, there was not any of the like surprise return one-offs. But I think that was because AJ was so huge, they didn't feel like they needed anything else. What did they but, do the year know. before that? Uh, let me see. That was the Bubba Ray Dudley one. I remember that one. And, like, okay. DDP was in it. Okay. So, let's see. Bubba Ray Dudley, the Boogeyman. Okay. That's the one where Daniel Bryan got eliminated. Tyson Kidd, Diamond Dallas Page, Adam Rose, Damian Mizdow. I'm just reading the names of people who were not... Uh, who are no longer with the company. Yeah. Uh, Jack Swagger. Oh, Jack Swagger still is with the company. Um, For now. Bad News Barrett. You know, so the, they had some returns there with Bubba and the Boogeyman and DDP. Yeah, but nothing, like, really exciting. DDP, maybe, but... Then you go back to 2014. Oh, man, CM Punk. Is that his last one? That was his last one, I think. Who cares? Less said about him, the better. Kevin Nash... I think that was the one where JBL came out from commentary and entered, still in his, like, shirt and tie and stuff. Yeah. But 2014 was the year Batista won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that sucked. So I suppose you're right. The Royal Rumble has not been what we, you know, what we kind of come to expect. Like, the year where Mr. There was a year where Mr. Perfect returned and made it to, like, the final four. What year was it where, um... Let's see, it's Heenan on commentary, and uh, Monsoon, is that like 92 or something? That's the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Correct. That, that, Ric Flair, that is Ric Flair the greatest won. Rumble of all time. Yeah. Um, that's That was a long time ago. It was. It was, it was. But, uh, but yeah. So I'm, I'm still excited. I love the Rumble. Although I have a sneaking suspicion that... Uh, Ty Dillinger's presence will be felt even if he doesn't debut because the fans are just going to chant because usually they do the countdown. They're literally just going to go, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. We'll see about so, that. 
I don't think anybody liked Ty Dillinger enough for that to actually to happen. Do you think they do it now? Like it happened on SmackDown, it happened on Raw. Did it? I have not noticed. Yeah, when any time that they are doing a count out, there huh. are still a large group of fans counting ten. So I literally have not noticed. Uh, well, then maybe it's maybe it's not as big of a deal as I think it is. Um, but yeah, I thought Roadblock was good. A lot of people seem to you know kind of hate all over it, but I thought it was fine. It was okay, but um, I guess I'm just really disappointed in the women's match. And I, uh, well, I I just sort of feel like the main event was lackluster as well. Well, let's talk about the women's match then for a second, because you're right. And I think a lot of the people's displeasure with Roadblock as a whole came as a result of the women's match. And it's for a lot of people, not necessarily you, obviously, but for a lot of people, it's literally just the fact that Sasha didn't win. Are no. we... Here's the problem. This is my problem with what happened at Roadblock with the women. Yes. They they went back to the well too many times. That's literally it. I, it wouldn't have mattered to me if Sasha won or if Charlotte won. Obviously, I think Charlotte winning, the, the fact that she is now a four-time women's champion to me is idiotic. But, uh, you know, I, I don't really I, – I think she's the better champion – I'm okay with her being champion. I like the story they're telling with the pay-per-view. But I didn't need to see Sasha Charlotte again. Like, I, I understand what they're doing. They're, they're spinning their wheels because they think that Bailey and Charlotte is the money match for WrestleMania. They're just waiting to really get into that feud. They think that that's the one. And I get that. I'm okay with that. I'm happy with that. But it was just one time too many. I, I was no longer invested in that feud. Nope, I think that's fair. Despite the fact that, spoiler alert, it is clearly the front runner for the Raw feud of the year on the DDT poll. Now, again, part of that is because... It's recent? It's recent, and also Raw has only been having its own feuds for five or six months now, so there's not that a super number to go on. Um, you would appreciate the person who voted for the number I think one the, feud. What, what's that? The number one feud, according to one person, I don't remember who it was, was uh, Raw versus me, and they explained it as, it's every Monday is a battle for me to try to stay awake to see the three hours. See, I, I think the, like, best, uh, the best feud on Raw this year, you can mark this down for... Uh, the DDT poll at the DDT poll. Uh, the, the the raw feud of the year is, is Seth Rollins versus People's Careers. Well, you know what we've we've got a little bit of time. Uh, you didn't answer any raw questions, so I'll go through the questions. You don't have to answer all of them, but I'm going to actually write that down because sure, why not? You're a member of the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> Let me switch over here, do a little maneuvering of all my things. All right, so your feud of the year is... I mean, what other feuds Seth were there on Raw? Versus careers. Um, again, I don't want to, you know, spoil the data, uh, but, but I will say this. I, I will say this. Um, some people are going with feuds from the year altogether, which I think is okay. Um... But the the major ones are, you know, there's some votes for this whole Rollins, Reigns, Owens, Jericho thing in various iterations. Um, but there have been a couple of votes for Lesnar versus Goldberg. And Finn they've had Balor, one match. And Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. He's literally had one match. Well, maybe three, I guess. So, so I think that's it. I think part of the problem is going to be, and it comes with the fact that this year is weird. The the inst- no, no. The, the problem is uh, outside of the women's match, there are no describable, memorable feuds from Raw this entire year. If you want to ask, if you want to ask me something that I remember from this year, it's Jericho. But that's not a feud yet. Yeah. Well, and I think the the data will be interesting tomorrow when it's WWE questions. When I ask the neighborhood, what has been your feud of the year for WWE? I think Charlotte and Sasha will still get some votes, but I think it will be more heavily SmackDown skewed. 
Probably, yeah. All right, but let's continue here. Uh, do you have an MVP for Raw? And you can give me up to three answers uh, in order, ideally. But um, and again, let's see. Uh, MVP for Raw this year. Um, you know, Kevin Owens stepping up, first Universal Champion. Um, obviously not being their first choice and sort of being thrust into the limelight. I won't say that he necessarily has done anything fantastic since stepping into that role. But you know what? It's an unenviable position. The unwanted sort of first serious universal reign in terms of what the writer's intentions were. And I think he's doing a great job. He's a great performer. I love his little uh, improvisations on the microphone. Um, you know, like during Roadblock when he was, he had Roman Reigns in his little side headlock and was yelling at him, oh, you coward, you wouldn't even put your title on the line. Like, he is just really, really good. He got, he... He's gotten the headlock and the chin lock over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, he would be in my top three, too. Um, and then who else? Let me think. Um, MVPs. MVPs. Um, you know, as much as I am kind of tired of it right now, I think I'll give Charlotte one of those positions as well. Um, that women's division would, I don't think, be anywhere near as strong as it is if she weren't there. I don't think Sasha could carry it on her own um, or even in Charlotte's position as lead heel of that brand. I think Charlotte um, she's been cast well into that role I think. Um, And who else? Who else? Who else? Um, And you know well I don't know And maybe I'll give it to Jericho. Because, you know, everything Jericho touches this year has been gold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of the my favorable feelings about the things revolving around Kevin Owens are actually due to Jericho. I mean, let's face it. This man got a scarf over and a clipboard. Like, yep. he, he has been fire this year. That is why he is my vote for MVP. I think he probably is number one on my list. I, I know you asked me ideally in order, but now that I've thought of it, I think Owens probably takes the uh, takes it, followed by Charlotte, followed by Kevin Owens' honorable mention. So Kevin Owens doesn't make my top three for exactly the same reasons you just spelled out. Chris Jericho is my clear number one. I give Charlotte the number two um, for, again, the same reasons. And for number three, uh, I give it to New Day because without I considered New Day, them. there is no tag team. I agree with See, that, except I sort of am of the opinion that even with the New Day, there's barely a tag team scene. That so. I give them, I, I, that is fair, but I give them the credit for at least keeping it there. Uh, who would be who would be your votes for the least valuable players of the Monday Night Raw brand for 2016? Least valuable players. Um... Possibly the entire cruiserweight division. You are not the first person to vote that. I mean, I I'm, that. My, my, my tune is changing now that Neville's a part of it. Um, what I saw on Monday was exactly what I want. So, I mean, maybe that's watch, unfair. You should watch 205 Live. I intended to. After Monday, this was the first time I was compelled to watch it, and I intend to this week. I do intend to watch it. It was a good um, show. Yeah, so I mean that's kind of a glib answer. Um, legitimately, people that like just plain don't matter. Like, I mean, this is more than three. So give me a second here. We're gonna have to work this out. Titus O'Neil doesn't matter. Bo Dallas doesn't matter. Curtis Axel doesn't matter. Um, the Shining Stars don't matter. And I think probably the most... This is probably going to be the most controversial one. But uh, the club doesn't matter. They're on the list. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they... Uh, they've been squandered. Or they squandered themselves. I, I don't know what. They, they just... they, they, they There's something off about that performance where they just haven't hit a stride. 
I felt like they were doing okay with AJ before the brand split. Yep. They kind of hit a stride there, but I feel like they've well, just been completely they split, off since They split then. up and immediately became jokes, jokesters with the lab coats and Dana Brooke playing a nurse for like well, two seconds. They were jokesters with AJ. Remember the beat up John Cena thing? They were jokesters with AJ. Um, but apparently it was AJ that made that work. As you would expect. Yeah. Um, right. Nia well, Jax you... doesn't matter. Uh, who you else is in mentioned... the women's division? Well, one of them is who I picked as the least valuable player. Oh, yeah? Because Bailey? she's... No. Okay. She's spending her time following Alberto Del Rio around. But she's technically still on the roster. Oh yeah, Paige. I mean, has so she I voted been on the show pa- this year. I voted Paige. Paige. Technically, I don't think she's been on TV since the brand split. But I'm counting it anyways because she is a member of the roster and she's getting she's causing fights with Ninja Turtles. Ginger so, Mahal doesn't matter. Um, I give him a pass because he like. Obviously, I put him and Kurt Hawkins in the same boat in that they got signed to not matter. They got signed to be jobbers. So here's the thing. Here's my actual list. My actual list is because these are the people who who should matter but don't. And I think that's the club. That's Bailey. And... um, The club. Bailey... And I guess at the end of that list would be Rusev. All name. Well, you might be the first person to say Bailey, but but so that's the thing. The thing with Bailey is she's excellent. Don't get me wrong. I think she's actually extremely valuable. So it's sort of mm, it's not really a fair thing for me to say. But at the same time, if I really think about what they did with her this year, they squandered all of her potential. Um, so, I mean, again, I'm not making the argument that she's less valuable than the Shining Stars. I'm not really making that argument. But in terms of squandered potential, she's got to be, like, at the top no, of the No, but list. you're basing it on, you're basing it on, I, I went with Paige, I went with Titus O'Neil, who has proved, 2016 proved that, uh, chivalry is dead when it comes to Vince McMahon, and, um... Then the club, you can you turn me around on the club because they should matter more than they do. I gave Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel a pass because I'm counting the social outcasts, which got way more over in that brief window than it should. So, in that sense, I count it. All right, one tag team. Who is your tag team of the year for the Raw brand? I mean, it's I don't like I said I, I kind of find them a little irrelevant at this point, but I still you can't discount what they've done or the year that they've had 2016 man is the year of new day so mm-hmm. i agree female of the year charlotte yep same thing all right uh let's see few we talked about the feud of the year let's skip over that one i'm skipping over that one uh who would you say has been the most improved superstar on the raw roster Most improved on the Raw roster. This is unfair of me to say, I think, because we don't actually know where this is going. This is based completely off of potential. But uh, Neville has got to be high on my list. From the strength of his performance on Monday alone... Okay. And considering he was completely irrelevant since coming to this roster and spent the majority of the year injured. Mm-hmm. You could argue that Monday, Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday on 205 Live saved him from being on the least valuable player list. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will go Most ahead improved. and say... Da, 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 da. I might also give it to Jericho because, frankly, before 
the recent resurgence of Jericho, I was tired of Chris Jericho. I, yeah. I like Chris Jericho, but he could have gone home and never come back, and that would have been okay with me. But right now, I still sort of think 2016, he's just been on fire. Mm-hmm. I gave it to Charlotte. Um, the the heel work that she's been doing with the Sasha Banks suit, and I think this is going to be one of those things where you know you could make the case that without Sasha, Charlotte isn't in this position. But the heel work that she's doing now is much better than the heel work she was doing at the beginning of the year. Um, so I gave it to her. Who will be the breakout star of the Raw roster in 2017? So which member of the Raw roster will have a, just a huge year? Well, that's a difficult question to answer, if only because the draft will happen mid-year and then the rosters will be completely different. So what you're really asking me is who's going to be the breakout star of the first half of 2017? Well, and what I'm saying is which current member of the Raw roster will have the biggest 2017 regardless of what brand they wind up on? So, Finn Balor. You know, if again, not the first one, but you're absolutely right. Um, I said Big Cass actually was my first pick. Braun Strowman was my second pick. Who did I have as my third pick? I had this written down. I said Bailey, my third pick. Okay. Um, all right. Well, cool. 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 Very, very good, very, very good. And and again, join us for a private earful where we will do the same thing, but for the NXT roster. So, And Lucha Underground. And Lucha Underground, you are absolutely right. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm right. I will be able to contribute nothing to that, so this will be... Vibra! Did he show up on this week's Lucha Underground? Oh yeah, he was beating people up in the bathroom. <laughs> All right then. All right then. Alrighty then. Speaking of Ace Ventura, man, does Corey Graves look like an utter twerper? What these days? I that hair, man. Hair. That hair is redonkulous. It is. It is terrible. Like a club. How do you feel about the Miz uh, publicly admitting that Dean Ambrose and Renee Young have a relationship? Who cares? If anybody who's anybody watches Total Divas, they've been admitting this for a year and a half now. True. True. But still, I thought it was edgy, and and I, I just love The Miz. He's my MVP. Overall? Probably for the entirety of WWE. He's my MVP for SmackDown, no question. But he's my MVP for, uh, for it might be my MVP for the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, well, we've covered Roadblock, we've covered Raw, we've covered SmackDown. Am I missing anything? Probably. Am I missing anything of such importance that you think... Uh, when is the next time we see James Ellsworth? Soon. You think so? I mean, why wouldn't we? He still has a title he... shot. No, he doesn't. He lost. He did that was his title shot. He got beat up when? and pinned in like two minutes. When was that? SmackDown. Opening match. Missed it. Yeah, I might have turned goes, it on ten minutes late. Ah, He goes for the no-chin music. AJ counters it, punches him in the face, and pins him. And then beats him and sends him to the hospital. Nice. So. Maybe we see him at the Rumble. Maybe. That's probably true. He probably gets a Rumble spot. Maybe Roman Reigns won't be in the Rumble, uh, but James Ellsworth will. Uh, There is one thing we did miss. Baron Corbin is now in the main event scene-ish for this triple threat match. Corbin versus Ziggler versus Styles. Yeah, that doesn't really strike me as a main event. He's fighting for the title? No, you're right. But I'm saying that that match doesn't scream main event star power to me is all I'm saying. I don't really feel like Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin being in a match of the title is is a very strong sort of program for them to have at the top of SmackDown right now. 
can't you argue that them being in is helping, at least in Corbin's case, not necessarily Ziggler's, but it's helping to elevate him so that he can be in the future considered to be a main event level star? How do you how do you grow? As sure, his? in theory, except he's terrible, so. He's he's got some votes for breakout star of SmackDown for 2017. Does he? That's funny. He does because he's terrible. Well, I can't wait to get this when all the results are done. When this is over and the results are tallied, uh, I will share them with you, and you will get to judge them. I, oh, I want I'll, that I to will... be. I want that to be an episode. Is Doc judges the <laughs> the TNT Oh, I will pool. judge. Don't you have any mistake about that? All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh no! What's your positivity for the week? Besides Vibra beating people up in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, that might be it. Uh, hmm. My positivity from this week is... Um, what, what's yours? Uh, I will go with... He lost. But... Uh, Luke Harper is continuing to appear on television in relatively high-profile matches, and he's not winning them, but it doesn't matter because he's a really good wrestler, and I enjoy any time he's on my television. So I'll go with uh, Luke Harper being relevant is my positivity. All right. And I will go with... Come on. Ke- Kevin Owens. No. Trying to hold on no. to Chris Jericho. Oh, that was funny. That as was it's funny. being lifted into the air. I figured you were going to say Neville. Yeah. Again, there's a lot of potential there still. Mm-hmm. It was really good, but. I want him to win the Cruiserweight title as soon as possible and hold it for like forever. Four or five months. For, yeah. Until summer. Until yeah. summer when they can actually find a Cruiserweight worthy of beating him yeah like the brian unless, you know like i like chris i like jack gallagher and i like lindsey dorado obviously but uh you know they need to build that division up and having a heel champion who's relevant and people know him is the best way to do that so yeah i think you're right all right well uh we're gonna go ahead and take a little intermission and then record our a private earful podcast where we will talk about nxt and lucha underground so i am very excited to uh have that opportunity today uh once again happiest of holidays whatever holiday you choose to celebrate uh please enjoy ddt wrestling will be back the next time you hear us on this these airwaves it'll probably be the ddt awards weird so i i I, full year has come and gone we you know we were sitting in a basement of an apartment recording the ddt awards i don't know where we'll be recording this year We'll have to figure that out. So We'll see. Uh, but we are very excited. Anything else you would like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? Send us some emails at ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Emails, t-shirts, all that good stuff. Any way you know how to support DDT Wrestling, please do so. Review Leave on us iTunes. a review on iTunes. Take two tell minutes two to tell of your two friends. friends. Talk over each other some more. (laughs) Uh, He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Until we meet again, my friends, we will see you around the neighborhood.